Warning, the following podcast contains material that may be too sensitive for some listeners. In discussing the things that scare us, we describe acts of violence from stabbing, drowning, sexual assault, and we also discuss frightening places in some detail. So if you find any of these topics disturbing, you may want to skip this one. We understand. You are listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy Sexiness. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome to the second of three episodes this month for oh. October. We already did the bonus episode. That was the uh, musical tarot episode. Indeed. I had a cat. He's just left me to go stare at a corner. Uh, he may be coming back. He's very aggressive right now. <laughs> yeah, he just reached out and bit me for no apparent reason. Mm. So Little monster. Yeah. Got a little riled up, which is weird because he was just on your lap a little earlier and he seemed fine. Yeah, but I could feel he didn't want me. He wouldn't lay down. Yeah, he's restless. Well, he did just have some catnip too, which he hadn't had for a little while. That's true. He's he's working it out of his system. The Nobi cast. The Nobi cast. Yeah, his ears are a little back. Now he's staring at nothing. His tail is twitching just a bit. Yeah. Cool. This is our uh, another one of our... Spoopy episodes. Spoopy. Be discussing later in the podcast the things that scare us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that should be interesting. It will. Yep, she's just already making big eyes. You think we'll sleep well tonight? <laughs> uh, I probably will. I'm very tired. Anything else to do uh, at the start of the show other than be attacked by a cat? Uh, no. Any housekeeping? I don't think so. Housekeeping. <laughs> Sorry, I have to knock on the door. Big first. man in a tiny coat. <laughs> oh God! Sorry. Um, let's go to news and reviews. News and reviews. Lower decks. Lower decks. We saw the finale. What a season! What a season! What a series! Yes. Very solid program uh, extremely probably the most coherent sure of itself first season of trek ever yeah you would expect with an animated very much a comedy star trek series that they wouldn't care that much about continuity mm -hmm. but that finale really wrapped up a lot of the things that they had presented in earlier episodes yes it was still an episodic series meaning mm -hmm. that each story was contained in an episode, 
but there was still a through line for everything. They surprised every single one of us Mm -hmm. during the finale. (laughs) From what Mike McMahon said about the series is that he wants to surprise you. I mean, that's part of what comedy is, is things that surprise you make you laugh. Mm-hmm. that surprise and entertain. And so he'll play around with the tropes and familiar storylines of Star Trek and then just tweak it such that it presents you with an outcome other than what you were expecting. Mm-hmm. All while referencing almost every other Trek in existence. Yeah, and that's the whole idea. Is that even the, the Kelvin movies. Yep, even, the, even making TOS canon. Mm, well, T-A-S always... Well, oh, the, the, T-O-S, as in yeah. those old scientists. Yep, those old scientists. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, I've been studying up on the T-O-S, Sarah. Uh, that's what I mean by those old scientists. Yeah, that's what I... So I refer to the 2260s as those old scientists. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And one of the longest bits of Chekhov gun scenarios I've ever seen is all the contrabands that... Mariner stuffed into bits of the ship, and Mm -hmm. then she kicks open all these panels. They come out in the finale. Oh, yeah. She she got that um, blood-soaked, quote-unquote, rusty batleth out again, Mm -hmm. and we we saw some other things that were never canon, but now are. Yeah. I love that there are things that got pulled from books that were not canon that now are, because the rule is... If it's on screen, it's canon. Right. And so now the Titan and the appearance of the Titan is canon. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the canon's been mentioned, but we've never seen it before. Not on screen like we just did. And I... Brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Guys, tears to my eyes. It was so exciting. There's also that Star Trek helmet toy. Yeah, quote-unquote Spock's helmet. Yep, Spock's helmet. It wasn't necessarily Spock's helmet, but it had decals you could either put spock or kirk on it it was obviously just some weird thing that they decided to license for star trek and it had nothing to do with anything in star trek they even brought back badgie and considering how much badgie was a popular character from you know that episode that to bring it back without possibly even knowing how popular badgie would be to reintroduce that character i think that was episode six badgie was in yeah but to reintroduce it in the finale was well, pretty cool. A lot of us were thinking, you know, that we would see Badgie again. Yep. I don't think anyone expected it to be in the same season. Yeah, to be that soon, yeah. Because they've already started production on season two. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't be happier that it's the success that it is. There are people who have said, oh, I'm not sure that this is accessible to people who don't know Trek. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah, you can watch it just on a surface level as a really funny science fiction comedy. Mm-hmm. And then for, like, the diehards, there's all the references. Well, like my office assistant, Chris, she has never seen any Trek except for, like, a couple of the short Treks. Right. So she doesn't know any of the history. She doesn't know any of the canon. And she loved it. And when she found out there were only ten episodes, she was very upset. Yeah. She's like, but, 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 I said, there's going to be a season two. She's like, but, but, <laughs> but, but more. Mm-hmm. I know how you feel because I felt that way too. And now we have season, episode one of season three of Discovery. Yes. Full disclosure, I did get screeners for episodes one through four. Yeah. Because I know a guy who got me on a list and now I get screeners for Star Trek. It's very exciting for me. I was just 
so happy to finally have it be out there so that I could talk about it with people. Yeah, now that it's out, and even people in the UK have seen it now, so that's good. It's not premiering until right this minute in Canada. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Which is why we can no longer do, no longer do the Unready Room on Fridays at 7 our time. Right. And we've moved it to Saturdays at 7 our time because Dan doesn't have time to watch it, then do a show like right afterwards which is why we're recording this a little early but yeah if you want to hear our thoughts on episode one of star trek discovery we recommend that you listen to what the future holds our star trek discovery podcast Uh which you can find on all podcatchers and when episode seven comes out which should be shortly after this episode comes out Depending on right. if you put it out by Sunday or Monday, it will be out on Tuesday, which is the 20th of October. Yep, 007 episode. So, enjoy. We're not going to go into that here because this podcast will be three hours long. <laughs> yeah, if we talk about If we talk discovery, about Discovery and all the other stuff we have to talk about. Yeah, anytime we talk about Discovery, it ends up being a very long discussion. Because there's just so much it's, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's a dense show with a lot to discuss. Which my mom has finally started watching. Yeah. And she started watching season one because CBS started airing Discovery on its network due to a lot of holes in their fall schedule. Mm -hmm. My mom's like, oh, I can watch it. I said, mom, you've always been able to watch it. I keep telling you. Yep, you've got it. You've got all access. You can watch it there. Uh, She decided, though, that uh, she wanted to know what we were going to be talking about on The Unready Room. So she watched also episode one of season three. Boy, that's going to be throwing her in the deep end. Uh, she loved it. She loves Sonequa Martin-Green. Oh, she's a great actress. Yes. Or actor, I should and, say. Uh, and and she's, she's already in love with David Ajala, as is the entire world. Be? She actually sent a text that she thought she was sending to me, but mm-hmm. it wasn't sent to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she talked about how easy on the eyes David Ajala was, and she was not expecting to see him with his shirt off and, oh, that washboard stomach. Uh, it went instead to um, friends of the family, you know, Wendy. I uh-huh. talk about Wendy. Her husband, Matt. It went to him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then she had to text him again and say, I'm so sorry. That was not for you. <laughs> I was and he's supposed like, to yeah, go to my daughter. Yeah, I kind of figured that yep. wasn't for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Should be for everybody. He's yeah. a very attractive man with a very cool accent and a very big cat. Yes. Uh, Her name is Grudge because she's heavy and all mine. She's a queen. So before we talk about the thing that we're actually going to review, let's talk about Podcast Recommendation Corner. Yeah, let's talk about some podcasts we've been listening to. I'll start with one that we didn't put on the list, and that is How Did This Get Played? Which is a video game podcast with Heather Ann Campbell, who was a improviser with Whose Line Is It Anyway?, Writer for The Twilight Zone. She does several other things as well. Executive producer of The Twilight Zone. Yeah, she produces as well. And uh, Nick Weiger, I want to say his name is. He's one of the Doughboys. And Matt Apadaka, who does kind of the production side of things. But yeah, they talk about video games. Really bad or weird video games. And because it's October, they've been playing the scary, like Mm -hmm. horror-themed video games. They've been playing like Maniac Mansion, which they all loved. Which is an old text-based kind of adventure and introduced 
these little buttons that you could click rather than having to type in the commands. Mm. You just click on the command you want to do and then point at the thing you want it to do, like pick up, and then you click on the thing you want to pick up. So I've been having fun listening to the horror video games. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to a couple of horror podcasts. They're both fictional story horror podcasts, sort of like a an audio anthology of stories. The first one I will talk about is called the No Sleep Podcast, and they have amazing production quality for these stories. The sound effects, the music, the atmosphere, and the stories themselves and how they're performed is top-notch. And there have been some stories that have creeped me out in the best way. <laughs> Has your eyes watered at all? No, okay. no. My eyes have not watered, but they give me that deliciously creepy feeling. Mm -hmm. These stories would freak out the normal person who hasn't been desensitized to horror. Right. Which is why it's called the No Sleep Podcast. And I absolutely would not listen to it before bed. That's just inviting right. trouble. The other one that I discovered and really love is called Something Scary. It is hosted by a lovely lady named Marquia. I love her voice. Nice. She always sounds like she's about to commit some kind of mischief. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love how she reads the stories. She always uh, begins the podcast by saying, Hello, my dark darlings. <laughs> <laughs> And I adore her so much. That sounds very charming. She is very charming. And all of the stories are submitted by listeners of the podcast. Sometimes they'll be inspired by a famous ghost story and write their own. I mean, it's not like a version of the story, but it's ins it inspired them to write something else. Whatever the first story is on the podcast, they also take that story and animate it. Oh, and cool. then put it up on their YouTube channel. Wow, that's insane. So it's so much fun. There is also good production quality there with sound effects and whatnot, but it's always Marquia narrating, whereas the narrators will change on the No Sleep podcast. I just really have enjoyed both of those because there's so much creativity out there that may not get recognized any other way because these people aren't necessarily writers by trade it's something that they just enjoy doing and they get their stories picked to be read on podcasts and yeah. sent out into the world a popular podcast from the sound of it yes i love them both there are some other horror podcasts that i have listened to but i haven't exactly connected with i can understand that but those two have really moved to the forefront for fun listening for ho the holiday <laughs> Which is Halloween. <laughs> there are others that I listen to that are year-round podcasts like Haunted Places. Right. And now there's Haunted Places Ghost Stories. Ooh. And they got a British guy hosting the Ghost Stories one. And I like his voice, but he needs to learn how to speak more naturally when he's telling oh, he's a little stilted? It doesn't change enough. Mm. He's, he he does everything like he's reading the news. Oh, no. Especially if you're reading a ghost story, you need to mm -hmm. be around a campfire and you need to do a Jim Moon. Yes. Reality getting you down? Well, why not drop by the cozy fireside in the great library of dreams and join me, your host, Mr. Jim Moon, for some talk on strange cinema, 
cult fiction, and all things weird and wonderful, and to hear some vintage tales of terror. Reserve your cosy armchair by the fire by subscribing to Hypnobobs, available on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at hypnogoria.com. You need to do a gym move. And I think he will get there. They literally are ghost stories. Some of them very famous ghost stories from the olden times. A lot written by women. Like one of them I had heard before, but there was one that I heard today that I had not heard before, but I'd heard of the author because Mr. Jim Moon had talked about her. Mm -hmm. She was a children's author, but she loved writing spooky stories. Nice. And he kind of analyzes the story a bit afterwards the time in which it was written what the author was going for it stuff like that so i'm enjoying that too well we're on horror podcast there's night of living podcast which Mm -hmm. is a standard horror podcast and right now because it's october they do halloween specials halloween television specials they had set up the watch list and freddie added daniel mouse and the devil and then took it off or talked about taking it off but he didn't for himself so he ended up watching it nobody else did it's this tv you know like an animated special about and it's done by the same people that did like rock and roll and i think heavy metal they might have been involved Mm. with canadian animation company Mm -hmm. and when they were describing it i realized that there's this song by bauhaus called party of the first part that samples this animated series. Oh, wow. It's about this singer that strikes a deal with the devil to get a contract. And then the contract's up and, you know, of course, she's going to be damned to hell and all that stuff. And so all these little snippets of of conversation or dialogue from, from the animated special is on this musical track on one of the early Bauhaus albums. Wow. <laughs> And I was like, finally, it's like 30 years. I didn't know what they were sampling. And it just took listening to a podcast to find that out. So leave it to Night of Living Podcast to clue me into that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they knew that. So I commented on their Twitter page. Party of the first part. That you have agrees to render up her soul now and forevermore to the party of the second. There's also the Craigslist movie podcast, which was actually done. They had done Craig Kukowski's 100 favorite movies, discussed them with his lovely wife, Carla. They're both improvisers. They were on Spontaneous Nation a lot. Craig Kukowski was on Drunk History a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of bigger dude, deep voice, coaches improv teams a lot. Orange Tuxedo is the name of their improv group, the two of them. But yeah, they've been doing these episodes called Spooky Time because for October, they've been watching a scary movie a day for the 31 days. Wow. And they've been doing them in chunks, like three movies of this genre, three movies of this genre. And then when they have the three, they release a podcast discussing all three movies. Wow. Like they did ghosts, they did vampires, they did found footage. They're about to do witches. So I've been having fun with that. It's really great because they're improvisers at the very end. They do a little improvised scene 
like they did the Lost Boys, and so they did the mother of the Lost Boys still working in the video store, and this Dracula comes in <laughs> and asks for a scary movie, and they do a little scene based on that. Oh. And they actually referenced the actress playing the mom being in another movie, because I think she's in Hannah and Her Sister, so they referenced that movie. Of course they do. <laughs> Of course. So it was super funny to reference the actress. And, you know, it was just a good bit. And there's this really great segment. It's everybody's favorite segment. It's called Carla's Notes. Because Carla will talk during the movie as she's watching it. Mm. And sometimes she doesn't even realize she's really doing it. And Craig will take notes, <laughs> noting down <laughs> what she says, and read it back. Like, that's basically the review, is they go chronologically through her notes and reference what she's talking about. Oh, that's funny. It's like, at first she thought Lost Boys was a bad movie because the first, like, 40 minutes or so, she was not into it all. I am right there with her. Yep. And then it picks up at the end. She says, okay, I like this movie. They also did uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, What We Do in the Shadows. Now, that's yeah, a good movie. They used that as basically a palate cleanser because they needed a comedy. I have never liked Lost Boys. Nope. And the only way I can get through it is with four glasses of wine. Yeah. It's hilarious after that. It was the first time Craig had seen The Lost Boys. And he enjoyed it. He did admit it's not necessarily a good movie, but he enjoyed no, it. And not. he really liked the cinematography because I guess the so there's a famous fin cinematographer that worked on it. And he really liked the scene where they were in the trees attacking people. Mm -hmm. He said it's one of the best photographed scenes he's ever seen in a film he also caught on to the poster of rob lowe on <laughs> Corey haynes wall and his rainbow bathrobe <laughs> he did catch on the rainbow bathrobe but mm. i certainly did mm -hmm. it's like oh, there's a gay subtext here interesting hmm. mm -hmm. those are horror podcasts that we've been enjoying yes or horror related horror horror you horror you horror uh, while we're on the topic of scary things, we watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. Brought to you by uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, same creative team, same actors, really. Not all the same actors. Not all, a there lot were, of them. There were four that uh, had also been in The Haunting of Hill House. Right. And they were so good at being other people that I didn't recognize three of the four huh. when I saw them. Yeah. The first time. I took a moment and says, that tall guy reminds me, oh yeah, it's the guy who played Luke. I had to look him up. Yep. And the reason why is that they are such good actors mm -hmm. that they did not in any way remind me of the previous roles they played. I know some British friends that watched the series and the accents are off, so that kind of bothered them, but being american i didn't notice it was better than not having a dialect coach yeah that's all i have to say i was about. i was fine with it i didn't mm -hmm. notice anything too well i noticed awkward i noticed when certain words should have been said a different way yeah but again it didn't bother me yes like when british actors say bean mm -hmm. when they're playing an american it's like we don't say it bean we say it bin yeah i've been to the store not i've been to the store <laughs> Yeah, Bean is one of those that really trips up Yeah, it'll trip actors. up a British actor for sure. Trying to be an American. I've been to the store. But regardless of the accents, can I just talk about Henry Thomas? Uh, um, please talk about Henry Thomas. 
okay, you know, a lot of child actors mm-hmm. don't really carry on well into adulthood because maybe they actually aren't that good of actors. Could be that. Because what is necessary in a child actor isn't necessarily going to provide you with a career for your entire life. But Henry Thomas is one of those people that seems to only get better with age. I remember him, and I think it was called Dead Birds. That was a creepy movie. I don't remember that. Uh, It was kind of a Western. Do you mean Deadwood? Dead, no. Dead Birds. Yeah, I don't remember. Um... It has a very violent opening where they rob a bank and then they go hide out in this house that has a ghost in it. I remember you telling me about this yeah. before because you were trying to remind me of it. And you and still, I still have don't recall no it. memory of it. I, uh, Probably because I tend to wipe westerns from my brain. Yeah, it was also kind of traumatically scary in bits. So yeah. that might be another reason to wipe it from your mind. The part that he played in Haunting of Hill House completely different from this part and i never once thought of the other part while watching him oh no they're very distinct roles he's just he's of the very good grieving father as opposed to the distant uncle mm-hmm. well also a grieving uncle yeah well alcoholic and also burdened by his own self mm-hmm. very well done mm-hmm. just ugh, all of them all of them all of them I think I prefer Haunting of Hill House. I think it had more time to devote to the different characters and tell their arcs Mm -hmm. than Bly. Bly was a lot smaller. Yeah, that's true. It was a a much smaller cast, a much smaller story. It also has some hidden ghosts in it. I haven't found them all. I'm sure there's going to be someone who's going to do an article and point them all out. Mm -hmm. Not to the level of The Haunting of Hill House, but yes, it's called The Haunting of Bly Manor. We never know for sure until the very end who's actually telling the story. Yeah. We know it's this woman. We know she's British. And she says that it's not her story. Mm -hmm. That's all we know. And so she's the narrator throughout. At the end of all of it, and I'm not going to spoil the end of it, uh, one of the people that she's telling this story to says, you know, you were wrong with how you started it. And she said, oh, was I? Then they say, yeah, you, you said it was a ghost story. It's not. It's a love story. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is the truth of this story. Right. It's not about the haunting. It's about love. It is know. about love on every level. Because it has several different arcs about love. All different kinds of yeah, love. Yeah, and how tragic it can be. But yep. also how hopeful and yeah, that it's part of living is loving. Absolutely stellar and amazing performances. Beautiful settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, that chapel is something. Yeah. The lake. Great cinematography. Yeah, the house itself. When they nailed the 80s early on with oh, yeah. uh, Danny's mom jeans... Danny's clothes, hair, everything. There are a lot of things that I have seen that have been set in the 80s that can't really nail the aesthetic. This did. I always believed they were in the 80s. Yeah, it wasn't overkill. It was just right. Mm -hmm. I think, was it the movie House of the Devil? That's kind of set in the 80s and doesn't really need to be, but it really nails that era too. You making noises over there? Yeah. He's being a dragon. Yeah, he is. Laying on all the things. I'm moving stuff so he can't make noise no more. I understand why you would prefer The Haunting of Hill House, but I I can't put the two in the same category. Yeah. 
personally. Yeah, they're different stories. I mean, they kind of call to be compared to one another, but they're very distinct, different tales. Well, the the one thing they have in common is ghosts. Yep, ghosts and family. And other than that, they are completely different stories. Yeah, one's very much about trauma. Well, I guess they're both kind of about trauma. Another theme of The Haunting of Blind Manor is being your authentic self. Right, yes. And expressing your feelings instead of just waiting or burying them. Instead of thinking, oh, well, I can't do that. That's not proper. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever is holding you back. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting, an interesting theme that is in every single character. I think you and I both agree that there should have been payoff with the boyfriend, the dead boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We never really got that. And I, I feel like we thought we were going to get it, and then mm. we just didn't. Yeah, there was a confrontation, and then the next episode, it was like a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Well, the next episode, we went to a different point of view. Yeah, and then we never went back to it, and I kept expecting to have like the discussion, the sit-down. But I guess we just fill in the blanks they were talking about how you know when you have a bonfire it's basically to send the dead on their way yeah because the word bonfire comes from bone fire yep bone fire because you used to throw bones in it like chicken bones and that yeah. sort of thing and so she didn't have bones but she had his glasses because uh-huh. his mother had forced them on her oh that was just mean mm-hmm. it's like i can't bear to look at these so i'm going to burden you with these and so every time you look at them you'll see the memory of the guy you saw yeah. get hit by a van or lorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. A big lorry. Yep. She threw them in the fire. Mm-hmm. And then he was standing there and she said, so it's just you and me now. Yep. And I figured that that was the having it out and sending him on his way. And I think it was because she finally confronted him. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time she was avoiding him. And I think that was her confronting her own guilt and just having through with it. It wasn't her fault. They had an argument. He stepped out of the car and got hit by somebody who wasn't paying attention. If anything, it was the driver's fault. Actually, it was his fault for not looking out. Not looking where he was going. Yeah. Mm. Getting out of just, you don't just open your door and get out of a car when you're parked on the street. You look to see if there's anything coming. Right. But, so it was kind of his fault too. Yeah. I'm not saying that he should have been hit by a lorry and killed, (laughs) but I'm saying that it was careless to not check first. But he was upset, see. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's why she feels guilty is because she was the one who made him upset. And again, it's about being your authentic self. Yep. And if she had done that from the beginning. Oh, yeah. And just thinking that she could naturally evolve to the point where she could be the loving, dutiful wife when she wasn't attracted to men. Yeah, that she could feel the way she was supposed to. And that happened in the 80s a lot. There's a lot of closeted marriages, one in my own family, indeed. Mm. So I've got some cousins whose father came out later. Uh, Kowtowing to others' expectations. Yeah, just be yourself. It seems so simple, and yet mm-hmm. it's so hard. I give two enthusiastic thumbs up to The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's got some good creepies. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly a love story and a, a drama and sort of a mystery, too, as yes. things play out. And you discover each of the stories of the people involved, episode by episode, they're revealed to you. Mm-hmm. So you learn more and more of all the actors involved, all the... All the pieces involved. And it doesn't end completely horribly. No, it's sad, but it's 
kind of bittersweet sad. It's not your typical ending. You know, most ghost stories, most horror stories don't end happily. Generally, no. That's kind of what makes a horror piece of fiction is mm. they usually don't have a good ending. And yeah. especially gothic horror is usually evil prevails. I appreciated actually the ending of this because I didn't expect it. I didn't know how it was going to end. I didn't know where it was going to right. end. I liked that we had what the, we thought was this big climactic event, but the story wasn't over. Right. There was more to be told. And I like that because that's what life is like. Yeah, I had a long denouement. Which is, I really appreciate mm -hmm. it, frankly. No, some people wanted more of a kind of flashbang ending, but I don't it was care that kind about of story. flashbang endings. No. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that kind of story. Oh. I really appreciated what I got mm -hmm. and enjoyed it very much. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, dark track time? Dark track time. Alright, this dark track is by the band or artist known as Flampunkt, which I think is German for flashpoint, which is that point on the temperature scale in which a particular material will catch fire. Ignite, as it <laughs> Ignite, were. Ignite, yes. So the flashpoint of paper is this and this degrees, you know. 451? Is it 451 Fahrenheit? or is that actually 451 <laughs> Fahrenheit? Because I think that might have been one of those things that's not actually true. Yeah, it probably is not yeah, actually true. It might be. I don't know. It also depends on what kind of paper, if you're just talking the standard pulp or what. So, yeah. Because there's different types of paper. There are different types there of paper. There are different types of paper and they mm -hmm. probably all have different flashpoints. Despite the German sounding name, this uh, artist or band is from Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, that's... I did not expect that. And I say artist or band because, um, once again, looking for members of this group, this band, this artist, I couldn't find anything. And my guess is it's a solo female artist, hmm. but I can't make certain of that because that information was not available to me. Mm. Only know that it's a EBM band that incorporates dubstep elements, and that seems to be a thing right now. Go Fight does that. Yeah, Cell Dweller does that. There's several other artists that incorporate dubstep. Even Skinny Puppy on a recent album incorporated some dubstep into electro industrial music. It does to great effect, I think, and we can discuss that after the song Fear by Flumpoot. Fear Media Mass Production Information Corporations Fear Media Mass Production Information Corporations Fear Mass production, information, operations, fear, 
His ears were all over the place because there's squelching and various different 
wub wubs and yeah. <laughs> zaps and other electronic elements to this song that he didn't seem to particularly care for. Uh, he was okay through some of it. Yep. I love when you said, oh, this is the part where she reads from her middle school journal. <laughs> yeah, because there's that poetic, almost spoken word part that just <sighs> paints very bleak imagery about your heart being a dead bird, mm. being reabsorbed into the concrete and the earth and that death's not the worst thing the worst thing is what dies within us while we're alive yeah Yeah. so it just paints a lovely picture doesn't it (laughs) i feel that whenever she'd finish off a thought like that you'd just give me this wide-eyed expression like okay then Like, that has crossed my mind more than once yeah in my days i could have written this when i was like 13 by the way the flashpoint of paper is 480 degrees It actually gets far hotter once it's burning. The temperature at the center of paper fire is 1,500 degrees, give or take a couple hundred. Wow. The tips of the flames themselves are usually between six and 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. There you go. So it's all over the place. Depending on, you know, whether it's just igniting or whether it's burning and what part of it's burning, etc. Yeah. Another element of the borrowing from dubstep is the build to drops you'd have the drums just start doing these drum fills and then the the pause a little bit of coda before you know a drop would come in i love the drop and then that chorus that's done very breathlessly and very urgently Mm -hmm. i thought that was interesting kind of reminds me of android lust a bit right though i prefer this artist's voice to android lust yeah i like her voice a lot yeah I like this song a lot. Yeah, it's a cool song. I should look to see if I have any more from this particular artist. I think this is the only song I have. Comes off one of the Face the Beat compilations. You got a palate cleanser? <laughs> Can you deal with it? No, I have another murder story. That was, yeah. It seems like uh, this theme has really painted us into a corner in terms of... <laughs> in terms Should of we change the name of the down. podcast about rainbows or something? Yes. It's called Rainbow Time with Karen and Georgia. We should start like an after the podcast where we just talk about the best things that have ever happened. That's actually a great idea. We At the end of this, we're going to we're gonna tell each other one thing that made us really happy this week. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Until then, I'm going to cry silently <laughs> away from my microphone. Okay. This is just called Hometown Murder. Go to my favorite murder all over the internet. Find us. And uh, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Oh, You want a mini cookie? Oh. That was a mini meow. That was a no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I know. No. I'm good tonight. All right. Shall we start talking about stuff that scares us? We should, but can you pause it first? I am so thirsty. One of the things that scares me and has for a long time is radiation poisoning it comes with growing up in the 80s 
all the television that you'd watch, there's usually toxic waste somewhere and somebody gets exposed to it. There's that movie, I think it's called Fat Man and Little Boy or whatever it is, when they mm. make the two atomic bombs that were dropped on Japan. Oh. Yeah, it's all about the process of, you know, splitting the atom and creating this atomic bomb. I want to say it's John Cusack in it. Hmm. That while they're making these bombs, the warhead rolls off and is about to drop and land on the ground. And so he reaches out and catches it. And of course, dies later of radiation poisoning. And he's just a lump of boils and just horrible looking. Was it K-12, the Widowmaker? Mm-hmm. Watching that with you, I had a hard time with that too because they're going in and working on this leaky reactor and none of them had the proper hazmat outfit because we're working with the totalitarian communist government that didn't care and weren't providing anybody with the right equipment for the job. Mm. So the hazmat outfits they had weren't even made for radiation. They were made for other uh, toxins. Yeah, I I know because uh, I watched that Chernobyl miniseries on HBO, and you would not watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Well, I, also I think I was involved in other things, but I don't need to see that. No, you don't. Um, um, I did get to see the most penises I've ever seen on the screen at once. That's interesting. It was so hot trying to dig out a tunnel. I can't remember why they were doing it. I think it's because they needed to get coolant water in there somehow. Yeah. And it was so hot in there that they just, they took off all their clothes Mm -hmm. because they just were sweating all the time. And so I got to see dozens of men's penises. Dozens of swinging wangs. Yep. And I was not expecting that. So when it happened, I'm just like... HBO, right? Yep. HBO. They're not like sexist in regards to nudity. Uh, You saw far more boobs than you did peen in Game of Thrones. However, there were no boobs in Chernobyl and and only peen. So I got a lot of peen. Not in a sexual way, but I'm just like, wow, there is such a variety. An erect penis is a certain rating. Yeah, in C-17 at the least. Flaccid is a different story. It was a lot of floppy penis. Yep, and at the end of Robocop, the toxic waste scene in that. That's just disgusting. Turning into soup when you get hit by a car. Your face dripping off your head, mm. basically. I always had an issue with uh, radiation and radioactivity. Just growing up in the 80s and having that be a concern. <laughs> well, it's still a concern. Yeah, it still is. We're just desensitized yeah. to it. The weird half-life of toxic waste and what barrels you can put them in safely. Mm. That's what's weird about Fallout, too, is going around and just seeing your rads build up. is like, ugh. But, you know, it's a video game where you can just take a shot of rat away and be fine. Unlike real life. Well, they had 200 years plus mm. after the dropping of the bombs to figure that shit out. Right. And there weren't that many people left, so they banded together out of necessity. Yep. Yes, they did. But then, of course, you're always going to have those people who want to exploit everyone. Yeah. And that's why you have raiders and gunners. True. Uh, what's something you that scares you, darling? Water scares me. Yes. Drowning in water, specifically. Uh, speaking of Bly, any of the drowning scenes you had a lot of trouble with. I couldn't watch. It's just really hard. I've had some uh, some experiences feeling like I was drowning. One of them was due to a shithead teenage boy. 
So it was a pool party. My mom and a bunch of other people in the neighborhood, every February they would go snowmobiling together. Uh So they'd all get sitters for the kids or whatever and go up to wherever and do snowmobiling over like President's Day weekend or something like that. Then every summer, one of the people had a lovely home with a swimming pool. She would have a pool party. All the families would come to the pool party. And there was a kid that was horsing around and held me underwater for a bit. Oof. He got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of trouble. Like, a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. He was crying after that. Yeah. And rightly so, because I was completely messed up by that. Yeah, traumatized. I've had nightmares about drowning. Mm-hmm. You know that scene in The Abyss? That fucked me up so bad. Where she actually dies briefly. Mm-hmm. She dies of drowning. Yeah. And I hate the feeling of not being able to breathe. Now it makes me panicky because of a really bad case of pneumonia that I had in 2015. Even now, if I feel like I can't catch my breath, I start to panic. Mm -hmm. That kind of leads into claustrophobia as well because I don't like being surrounded. I don't like being pinned in. If we're a fanex and you're in a crowd for too long... If I can't move, yeah. like if I have so many people around me like that night on the train back to the parking lot. Oh, that was bad. I thought, I'm going to die on this train Mm -hmm. and I can't even see Dave anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was beyond capacity and somebody should have done something about it. Yeah, I agree. But But who's there to monitor, really? Yeah, there really isn't anyone monitoring that stuff. Nobody's looking to see if the train's overpacked. Because, yeah, somebody could get crushed. I equate those two things because they both have to do with me not being able to breathe. I guess what it comes down to is I'm terrified of suffocation, whether it be by water or enclosed space. I can see that, having air removed. Relatedly, just personal injury-wise, I'm deathly afraid of being stabbed. Wow. Not necessarily cut, because I've cut myself several times just on boxes, you know, getting paper cuts, actually nicking yourself with a knife or some kind of box cutter or something but actually having like a dagger driven into you especially the gut region mm-hmm. i just think that would be one of the worst sensations in the world is to be stabbed or impaled on something and i fear it greatly you know especially like a butcher's knife or something right in the gut just scares the hell out of me Thanks for triggering my empathy, Dave. (laughs) Yeah. Especially that kind of prison style where you get stabbed multiple times with a shiv. It's like, ugh, get about it. No, thank you. I mean, being stabbed once would be bad enough, but multiple times? Mm. Yeah, the shower scene in Psycho is particularly awful. But a lot of those seem to be slashes, but yeah, there's a few stabs. The way that it's filmed, you don't actually see it. You think you see it, but you don't. No. Just like how you think you see blood during that first scene in Alien when the chest burster comes out of Kane. You don't see blood. Yeah. And you don't even see marinara sauce. There's no marinara sauce on that table. <laughs> nope. You, your brain just fills in the blank. There's no blood till that chest burster comes out. Right, yeah. That bit in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where Leatherface hangs somebody by a meat hook. Ugh. And you're like, ugh. Forget about it. And there's no blood in that scene either. It's just your mm-hmm. imagination fills in. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. Because then you have the weight of it on as well. 
<laughs> that one got to Brandy too. Okay, this may not sound... I mean, it's it's something that unfortunately I have to think about for my entire life, and so do all women, is uh, fear of being raped. You know, there's this logical part of me that knows what to do, but in the moment, would I be able to do it? I think the thing that scares me almost as much as actually being raped. Mm -hmm. I do my best not to be in situations where that could possibly happen, but there have been some instances when I was younger where people did try to force themselves on me. That is traumatizing because I didn't know then what I know now. I feel like if somebody tried to do that to me now, they would really regret it. Mm -hmm. They would really regret having tangled with me. Because I would bite and scratch, kick, twist, grab, whatever I could do. Make all the noise in the world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't have to worry about being alone with the guy anymore. Because I have you. You have me, and we try to be together as often as possible. Mm -hmm. I know when you were working alone in the office, that was creepy. But then you'd lock the door. And you'd have somebody come by every once in a while and try the door or something. And that's yeah. disturbing. Well, and that will happen again because eventually there will be only enough work for me in the office and I'll right. be alone in the office again. But we keep the doors locked. Right. Because all manner of solicitors will come through there just trying every door. <laughs> yeah, to have a box cutter with you just in case. Oh, I have a box cutter. Nice. And a very sharp pair of scissors. That too. Scissors are good. Nobody can come in the back doors because unless they have a key. Right. Because one door is a roll-up door and you can't open it from the outside. And the other door you have to unlock to open it. And it swings shut on its own. You can't just leave it open. Didn't you guys also change the locks recently too? Uh, we did in April due to... A disgruntled employee. Yeah. Yeah, rape is something that every woman has to worry about. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be a thing. No, it, it shouldn't. be a thing. And it shouldn't be, especially back in the day where, I mean, they still do this. The victim blaming is because she was drunk, is because of what she was wearing. No, the fault of rape is always on the rapist. Mm -hmm. It's their lack of impulse control. There's nobody forcing them to rape anyone. It's all on them. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way men see it. And also our justice system that is very forgiving of rapists mm -hmm. to the point where only a certain number of reported rapes actually end up in a trial and a very small percentage of that end up in any kind of incarceration at all. Yes. Yeah. Because and just look at the Kavanaugh hearings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we now have two known sexual assaulters on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Was that guy's name Brock Turner or something like that? Yes, we don't speak his name. Yeah. It's like all the people says, well, his whole life's ruined now. It's like, well, he made that choice. Nobody forced him to do it. He made a poor choice. Yeah, he made the choice to rape an unconscious woman behind a dumpster mm -hmm. who was then pulled off said woman by two good Samaritans who yep. were biking. Mm -hmm. In the area. How do you think that woman feels? Her life is ruined. Yeah. Ugh. Do you know how many rape kits haven't even been tested in oh, this yeah. state? Oh, yeah. There's a bunch. Uh, just in the nation. Mm -hmm. um, My Favorite Murder talks about that a lot. Mm -hmm. I think there's even a fund to that you can donate to to try to get them to be processed. That often a sexual assault will lead to even greater crimes to the point where it's like serial killers. Mm -hmm. this is My Favorite Murder talks about that a lot is... That starts with 
just little things like peeping toms or, you know, they might break into houses and steal underwear and that sort of thing. Like the Golden State Killer started a lot like this. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the point where they don't just assault their victims, they murder them too. Yeah. So it just escalates. So you can't be forgiving of that sort of thing because it just gets worse and worse. In fact, recently, Georgia on My Favorite Murder was talking about this pretty big case in Australia of a um, serial killer in the Perth area. And Perth is really isolated. It's, I think, the most isolated city in the world. Mm. That they're right next to the ocean and then behind them's all out back. I mean, you have to drive miles and miles and miles to get to any other city. Mm. And this guy worked for basically a phone company kind of thing, just laying down phone cables. One day he was working at this hospital laying down some phone cable and he asked this lady working there, I think a nurse or administrative assistant or something, if he could use the bathroom. And, you know, being a uniformed guy working there, she didn't see a problem with it and went in and went to use it and then just grabbed her and tried to force her into the bathroom. Mm. And she fought back and just suddenly he started apologizing like nothing ever happened. And it got a really minimum sentence of like just, I think, flagrant assault or something like that. It's basically the same charge as if you were to yell a swear word real loud. Oh, fuck off. Just a minimum kind of thing. And the company covered up. In fact, when they were investigating, because they had all these things leading to this phone company, like these fibers that were specifically colored to their uniform. It was like a patented color that went with their company Mm. that they had fibers to. And they asked for a list of employees to check over for suspects, and he was not on there. Mm -hmm. Which means either he had access to remove his name, or somebody was covering up for him. And yeah, that's just bullshit. It's just the number of people that will cover up for the crimes of others is just, yeah, it's, it's a horrible thing. And the way that it just seems to be excused by so many people, it's just, no. Yeah, it's it's just just, women. Yeah. Who cares? Women like sex, so therefore (sighs) rape can't be that bad. Sort of things we've heard from the conservative party of that the child that is produced the rape is a god's blessing it's like no, no that child should not exist because that rape should never have happened mm-hmm. i mean when you have a holy book that seems to forgive certain instances of rape yeah. or the whole idea of rapist having custody over your child in certain states it's just hell no insane or that if you have want to get an abortion you need your rapist's consent no, like, no no you don't yeah it's all horrible It's not just the complete and total violation of the most pleasurable thing a man and woman or two Mm. men or two women or two people in love, regardless of gender identity, can express. And then you take that and you make it about power and you force it and you violate someone. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just that. It's the aftermath, Mm -hmm. the possibility of STDs, the possibility of pregnancies, the possibility of injury. Shame too, which there shouldn't be Mm -hmm. because it's not your fault. But there's always that assumption, especially in such a patriarchal society and such a religious society that somehow it's the woman's fault for alluring a man 
And that comes a lot from Christian culture. of The whole thing of a woman dressing immodestly and makes a man stumble. That is the woman's fault for a man to lose his moral standing. And it's like, no, that's your fault for not being morally strong. Mm -hmm. If you can't stand to see a woman in a tank top, maybe that's your problem. Mm -hmm. Also, stop body shaming Billie Eilish, you fucks. Oh, yeah. Well, she looks great. Yeah. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah. yeah. That's something that, that really scares me because it is such a possibility every time I leave this house. Yeah, it's definitely something to be concerned about. And yeah. And it's things that shouldn't be necessary. A woman shouldn't have to have an escort to go wherever she wants to. She should be able to. And I've seen this like on, on Twitter posts and stuff is just a woman should have the liberty to walk alone at night without mm -hmm. fear. But because of certain people and their monstrous desires, or not desires, but inclinations, I guess, that they have to protect themselves or they have to limit where they can go. And it just shouldn't be a thing. No, it shouldn't. Because there's monsters in this world, real, true monsters in this world. Yeah, well, not guess a what? A, a woman has never been able to walk alone at night without fear. Yeah. Ever. No. Your turn. Jeez, I don't want to do a turn now. What am I going to do that won't undermine or... or? Nothing's going to undermine the discussion we just had, babe. Okay, this is more, I guess, kind of an existential thing, but just the thought of losing my job and mm. not being able to find another one. Just of being financially unstable or bereft or whatever, or just mm -hmm. you know, losing my job and not being able to get another one. Just not being able to financially support us is something to dread and was, there was a particular time where it just seemed at any moment and there were rumors about that where i work would close and it's happened in other areas but recently we've had a lot of reassurance because where i work is one of the less expensive less costly places to do the business and we're also really good at it and tend to achieve the goals set before us. And so we're trusted to do the work and we can do it cheaply. And it's pretty much been told to us that, yeah, we're here for good as long as, you know, they'll have us. But yeah, just this fear that I won't have a job and I won't be able to find one. And, you know, that would just be at the pit of my stomach. Just that fear and dread. You know, it's not like the fear of anything attacking me or any kind of injury or anything but i mean it's just a fear of loss i guess which is equivalent i suppose oh i know that feeling well i was unemployed for seven months yeah. in 2010 well how long did i work seasonally mm. and that was horrible we got through it yeah we got through it because unemployment would eventually run out and then what you know is like just scraping by but now that i'm permanently employed and pretty much at the peak of what they can promote me <laughs> other than yearly raises you know i'm at the highest of the pay scale that's offered for my position and we're doing okay yeah yeah we're we're stable mm -hmm. for the most part and so that's a blessing you know i'm thankful grateful for the job i have even though it can get annoying especially right now during the pandemic Tell me about it. Yeah, because uh, certain restrictions being rolled back, so it doesn't feel quite as safe as it did before. Not that it ever really was. It's all of, you know, we discussed often illusion of safety. There is no safe. There's no safe. 
anything can happen at any time and so you can't assume you're safe at any point you can you know take precautions to increase the percentage chances that you're safe but yeah it's never a guarantee fear of losing my job i get that i felt that yeah you are having a tough time because you've worked as long as i've known you and just this period where it was tough to find jobs and I trusted you to eventually find a job, and you did. But yeah, it and was I hated a tough, it. tough period. Well, it was a tough job that I had, yeah. and it nearly killed me. And then luckily I got the job that I have now. Yeah, working for what Lowe's was horrible because mm-hmm. the manage- management there was just awful. The time when you said that your job is your Christmas bonus. No, no, not Christmas bonus, monthly bonus. Mon- monthly bonus, that mm-hmm. your job is your monthly bonus. Mm-hmm. That you sh- basically... All right, peons, you should be thankful that you even have a job. They would say, okay, this is your monthly goal. Uh And we'd meet that goal before the end of the month. And like, this is your adjusted goal. They kept moving the goalpost. Yeah. And that wasn't fair. I understand Smith's would do the same thing. Smith's is kind of like our Kroger's. Well, it's owned by Kroger's. Yeah, it's just a different name. So, yeah, if you have a Kroger, we have Smith's. It was Smith's before Kroger bought them. Yeah, we... Used to have Albertsons, but they're they not really away. around anymore. But uh, my understanding is they'd move the goalposts too. Just increase and increase and increase the standards for success in order for you to get your pension when you left. Mm. And so they didn't have to pay you it. Capitalism yeah. sucks, y'all. Yeah, it's all bullshit. And people talk, you know, cry out about socialism or communism. And it's like, well, uh, capitalism guess... isn't that great either. No, capitalism will always fail in the end socialism guess what jesus was a socialist kid yeah at least socialism there's some built-in safety nets and things to help protect you Mm. as long as you pay into them and that's i guess the rub is the people who can't pay into them that gain the benefit and certain people don't like handouts even though every time there's some kind of financial crisis we throw money at big corporations so they don't fail yeah they get handouts all the time yeah and they don't call that socialism or communism what it clearly is mm-hmm. there's somebody who's like economists talking about that that when a company in the free market fails it should fail there's no throwing money at it this is the free market this is how it's supposed to work if that company can't exist it shouldn't yeah and there it, is no yeah. such thing as too big to fail the company will still exist it's the people that mismanaged it that will leave Somebody else will come in and buy it and run it better, and that's the whole idea. When when you prop up companies that are mismanaged, all you're doing is paying people for their incompetence. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can throw all the money at the world, at the air industry or the car industry or big banks. It's like, well, what exactly are we doing? I am sometimes just afraid of... Not myself, but the things that I can sense. Oh, yes, because you're very sensitive to things. It can be terrifying. You've seen me in this state before when I'm not really awake. Yeah, when you're halfway between... I call it the in-between place. Yeah, Yeah. sleep and consciousness. When I'm in the in-between place, I have seen and heard shit that has really scared me. You've seen me astral project. Mm Mm-hmm before you've seen me before i've gotten up out of bed go to the fridge get a drink and go back Mm -hmm. and then you saw me actually get up and do it Mm -hmm. it's like my consciousness left my body did the thing and then i did it 
That's trippy. You're telling me. That's insane. It freaked me the fuck out. Well, the corroboration that you get of me actually doing the thing that you just saw happen Mm -hmm. is insane. There will be times where I am laying in bed and it feels like a cat has jumped up on the bed. Mm, No cat. There is no cat in the room. The cat is not allowed in the bedroom. That freaks me out. I will see things when I am startled awake from sleep. That are not friendly. And this isn't like sleep paralysis because you don't have that frozen Oh, I'm not, par- I'm not paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. My mind has done this thing now that when I see something like that, I'm like, close your eyes. If you can't see it, it can't see you. Mm. <laughs> you know, this is your imagination. You're okay. Like there's one instance of when I was a teenager that I remember so clearly. And it wasn't that it was scary to me, but it sure freaked my sister out. Right. We had twin beds. Mm -hmm. And we were in the same bedroom. We had a small television in this room. I woke up and there were two men talking. They were speaking in a language that I didn't understand. And I'm like, please just shut up. And I went to this TV and Mm -hmm. I was turning the knob. Right. And I couldn't turn it down. And my sister wakes up and says, what are you doing? And I said, I can't make the voices stop. Right. And she said, there are no voices. (laughs) I'm like, I can hear the voices. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's like, just go back to bed, Brandy. And I'm like, but I this is keeping me awake. And this it was two men talking. And it didn't stop. Crazy. And I went back to bed, and I could still hear them. And finally, I just went back to sleep. Shit like that is fucking scary. Supposedly, where we lived together in my, my mother's basement for a little while, that house might be haunted. I've had several experiences. One, I was... Sleeping, I guess there was a power outage or something where the alarms weren't working properly and my mom had already gone off to work. Uh, It was a school day and somebody said, Dave, get up. Mm. I was there alone. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who the hell. And I just like it was my mom telling me to do it. I just got up, got ready for school, ate all that stuff, you know, walked to school, came back and my mom was like, oh. So you got up early enough to go to school? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, how? Because, you know, there's a power outage and somebody told me to wake up. And she was like, what? (laughs) My mom's friend was staying over for a little while and staying in that little bedroom upstairs. And she was laying there and then there was these weird glowy lights over her. Just little lit up orbs. Great. Yep. So... Also heard a really loud groan early one morning, and then I told whatever that was to leave and put salt on the around the doors. Didn't experience that again, so mm. I don't know if that worked. <laughs> there was this one time that mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I was home alone, and I heard something really loud upstairs. Right, and I thought that's weird because I'm the only person here. The cat was outside. And so I went upstairs, and your mom had one of those vents on the floor. Yeah. That vent had been pulled out of the floor. Wow. And was laying on the floor. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, like what the hell would have or could have done that? Do not know. Is it your turn again or my turn? I it's your turn. I was just talking about how I'm afraid of the oh, things Oh, no, it's I... my turn. Cause... Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. I was 
but let me just say, I've been seeing weird shit all my life. It yeah. hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah, didn't you see a version of me that wasn't friendly and mm-hmm, that really mm-hmm, threw you off? Mm-hmm. Something pretending to be me, possibly? Yeah, please don't remind me that. Okay, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. We don't like that. Nope. Have you had that many bad experiences in this house? Mm-mm. Is this back in the basement? Or... Okay. This That actually was in this house. Oh, that was in this house. But I, I think that was really just... My mind playing tricks on yeah, me. Yeah, just stress or your mind just playing tricks, okay? Because it was one of those things where I'd fallen asleep with the television on. Oh, oh yeah. Especially if you're like watching something like if it was Stephen Colbert or something where they're talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's trippy if you wake up and look at that. And it, it messes It seems me like they're talking directly at you. So, yeah, yeah it was one creepy. of those situations. It's the thing about where we live right now, it's a very loving place and there mm-hmm. seems to be just love radiating from the walls so yes. and i think we put a lot of love into this house too yeah i i don't feel freaked out here yeah it's it's a decent place even the basement isn't too creepy even though the cat gets a little weird the, the cat does get weird in the yeah. basement so i want to talk about a location that's frightening or used to frighten me a great deal i have one of those i'm excited to hear yours cuz i think i know this story you do on my way to our old elementary school that's since been torn down and rebuilt without asbestos this time (laughs) (laughs) and past uh, one of the mormon churches there is this pathway it's kind of a t intersection and it's just this little sidewalk with you know the cement walls very austere just kind of a scar going through this neighborhood where it's everybody's backyards and you know a big barky dog that'll Mm. yap at you as you walk through it Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a shortcut so i still took it but it's just because it's a narrow i still have a thing with alleyways they're frightening Mm -hmm. but this one just in people's backyards just this path going from this little bit of a turn in a neighborhood to near the parking lot of this church just long concrete path and i think i've led you down this before i didn't like it it's creepy there's something about that area that's kind of hell mouthy yeah i did not like it at all and i have never been there again and i used to uh, walk around at night and i just dare myself to walk through that alone at night and it's creepy just being austere and long and just it feels like you're walking towards hell or something you know it's just there's not a pleasantness in that area i wonder if it has high emf that might be it because there might be some phone lines or something nearby that might be fucking with you so Mm. yeah it could be i don't know i haven't been there for a while but i wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't some kind of like power thing there you know like if they had some kind of small power station-y kind of thing in that area yeah unshielded yeah just raw emf screwing with you because you just get the sense that something's watching you mm-hmm. and just a little bit of paranoia and that's that's very emf kind of a weird claustrophobic feeling and also that that weird little vertigo like that scene in Poltergeist where they do the focus pull as they're going down the hall and it just seems like the hallway's longer than it is. 
it just has that sensation when you're walking down it's like aren't we through this yet mm-hmm. <laughs> why That's does this still seem to go it's it's deceptive i don't maybe even the way it's made maybe it's not even maybe it's an angle and so i don't know but it is a creepy area yeah, I had stricken that from my memory. Thanks for bringing it up. Oh, yeah. It's it's a creepy... <laughs> and I still think about that area f- from time to time. It's mm. just uh, makes me want to go take a picture of it and share it. Well, I guess we're going to have to do that then. Yeah, I'd have to go up into Terrace. I don't live nearby anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, we have a car. <laughs> That's true. If it's even still there. I'm at, I bet it is because it seems to be like a shortcut a lot of kids take to school and church. But yeah, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. I was a teenager, so were my sisters. I have two sisters. One's three years older, one's 14 months younger. We had these friends named Sarah and Beth who lived down the block from us. We got together. Becky was old enough to drive, my older sister. We were just driving around Centerville. Centerville is where I grew up, where my mother still lives to this day in the house that she and my dad bought when they got married. And Sarah said, oh, I know this really cool house that's for sale. And it's really kind of weird and set back from the road. Let's go see this house. We went to this house and it was one of those that had like a driveway that kind of sloped down a little bit and wound around into the house. But you couldn't see the house from the street. That's already a bad sign. Mm. And there were a lot of trees Mm -hmm. around the house that hadn't been really kept up. So they were all overgrown. We parked on the street And then we went down the driveway to look at the house. It was a very odd house. It just wasn't built like other homes in the area. I immediately wanted to leave. I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. And they're like, no, let's see if we can get in. I'm like, you know, teenage girls, this is the height of our criminal activity. My friends used to do that all the time, mostly without me, but any house under construction or that was between being sold they'd find their way in and explore Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a common thing this house was set on a slope the slope went downward like the front of the house was higher up and then it sloped downward so that where the basement was actually at ground level right back and we found that there was a sliding glass door which are notoriously easy to open even when they're locked and got into the house this way The minute we walked in, I'm like, oh, hell no. It was this room. It was a very long room, a very wide room. And it had this blood red carpet. Ooh, which is a color that will drive you insane. Mm -hmm. It was something that was very popular in the 60s and 70s. It's like that dried blood color. Yeah, my mom had it in her bedroom at one point. She was really, the whole bedroom was in red. Mm -hmm. It was like a horror movie in there. Red velvet hanging lamps. Don't even get me started. So, <laughs> Red velvet stirring it up. Yeah. And it, you could tell it was some kind of, you know, like party room. There was like a bar at one end and there were these cabinets along the wall and this really dark wood. And the crazy thing was that there was some electricity on at this house. But the house was had definitely not been occupied for a very long time, yeah. judging by the wallpaper. The wallpaper was very, very 60s. It sounds like a 60s house. That's the house I have in my mind. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of 60s tract housing, kind of like the Brady Bunch kind of style house? A little bit. A little bit, but weirder. Not as wide 
And there were some other rooms in the basement, one of which just had this whole wall that was just one big mural of like moose and whatnot. Oh, wildlife kind of thing. Yeah. And they were all just very dark. Oof. They That's were, bad. They were the same carpet throughout the whole basement. Yeah. And dark paneling and this wildlife murals. And I did not like it. Yeah, I didn't you, like it in there. You need some kind of warm or light colors just to reflect light. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just in a dingy box. And then there was this stairway going back up to the main floor, which was one of those ones that winded around. But it wasn't like a circular. It was uh. square. Oh, yeah, it's the spiral, that's the square. Those are bad all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever encountered a spiral, squarish kind of staircase that's had positive vibes. Once we came out of the basement, it was a little bit better, because at least there was sunlight and whatnot. Okay, But as I'm looking around, I'm just like, this this place absolutely hasn't had anyone live in it for a very long time. Yeah. The way that it was set up, there was the main floor and there was like a living room area. And then there was this kind of like sunken in den area. And above that was the master bedroom, which had a balcony that looked down on the living room area. And then off to the side, there was another sort of dining room area and a kitchen. And the kitchen appliances were also very 60s. Like the fridge was very 60s. -hmm. Then there was the upstairs, you know, I said the master bedroom, and there were a couple of other bedrooms, th- I think three other bedrooms on the top floor. And we hung out there for a while, and we had, like, our boom box, and we played 80s music. Everybody else ate ice cream. I didn't like ice cream. Yeah. Still don't like ice cream. No. No ice cream. Then somebody decided, I don't know who it was, we were going to play hide and seek. You know, I don't want to play hide and seek. And they're like, you're it. This is a scene right out of The Sixth Sense, basically. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're it. I'm like, I don't want to do this. No. They're like, oh, it'll be fun. Stop being such a baby. I think I was 14 or 15 at the time. Right. Probably 14. Because I don't think Becky was 18 yet. Probably about 13 or 14. I'm like, fine. So the home base was the master bedroom. Uh-huh. And you had to get back to the master bedroom to be safe. I counted to mm-hmm. whatever it was I was supposed to count to. And then I did the ready or not, here I come. Mm-hmm. The boombox was still going because the silence was painful for me. I didn't like the house being silent. Right. And I was being bombarded all the time by something. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that it was necessarily supernatural. It could have been EMF. Yeah. It's, but... That's it, impression that you I get. I didn't like it there from yeah. the moment that I went in. I'm searching the top floor. Mm-hmm. Of course, can't find anybody. And the bedrooms up there were all done in these nice light sunny colors i go down to the main floor search the main floor don't find anybody i'm like fuck they're all in the basement yeah and the lights are off (sighs) i start down that stairway and so it went like two steps and then a landing Mm -hmm. i got to that landing and it was like somebody was pushing on my chest and i stopped yeah and i'm just like am i gonna throw up no no it's not gonna it's not throw up thing and so I tried to move on, and I and I couldn't. I couldn't. Like a wall. I couldn't. Yeah. It was it was like I was being held in place. Mm-hmm. Like I I mean I could move my body, but if I tried to walk further down, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I called out to them. I can't. I am not coming down there. You're yeah. gonna have to come out. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, no, it's fine. Just come out. Come down here and find us. I'm like, nope, nope. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I want to leave. I want to leave. Yep. And, of course, I spoiled everybody's fun. (laughs) 
I was really upset at that point, just really upset. And I just wanted to go home. And so I got taken home and I told my mom about the house and that it was a really cool, interesting house. I didn't tell her anything about what I had experienced in it, but she wanted to see it. And so I directed her there. I couldn't find that house again today. You know, if I, if my life depended on it, but she drove and I directed her there and I said, the sliding glass door is open in the basement. We went in, and the first thing she did was go, oh, mm-hmm. the minute she walked in. I didn't say anything. And we just went through the whole house, and she ended up being very quick about it. She's like, yeah, I don't I don't like it here. Let's go. So we left. I, I told her what I had experienced, mm-hmm. and she said, I did not like it in there. No. I did not like it in that basement especially. Yeah, it could be several things. One thing, it could be freaking haunted. Uh, another thing, like you said, unshielded electricity wires or fuse box or something giving off electromagnetic radiation and fucking with your head another thing it sounds like really bad feng shui all over the Uh place yeah it sounds like it's a very angular building with a lot of sharp corners oh and and the dark colors the when you walk into the house there's a stairwell going up that is bad feng shui if you have if you open the door and see stairs that's basically all the good energy leaving the house because mm, yeah. it all goes down that stairwell right out the door. Yeah, because you come in, there was not even a really big foyer or anything mm-hmm. like that, and then there's stairwell, kitchen, living room. Those images, you know, they may have faded with time, but I can still see certain aspects of that house very clearly. Mm-hmm. And even just thinking about it right now, it has made those feelings... Yeah. Return a little bit. I mean, it's yeah. not like when I was in there. It's nice as we actually feng shuied this house a little bit. And it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. And we have nice earth tone walls. Like where we are right now in our living room has this kind of soft brown color. Very it's earthy color. Like, it's almost like a caramel. Yeah, it is, all, it is a caramel color, isn't it? It's a good name for it. Mm-hmm. It's very inviting and it goes well with our slate table and... It was painted this way when we, we kind moved of in. Have a mossy green sofa and yep. love seat set. Mm-hmm. Where we live, it's pretty good energy. I've never had anything. Well, there have been times where I've been startled awake to where I like jumped out of the bed. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, there's times like if you'll snore and you'll hear yourself snore, you think there's a bear in the room or something. The first time that that happened, I literally thought there was a bear in the room. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me. Because you're such a light sleeper that you'll wake yourself up if you snore. Mm-hmm. You got another scary place or scary thing? Uh, my grandmother's basement in Washington Terrace. Terrace is a creepy place. Yes, it is. Uh, you don't like it there. I do not. The way it's designed is a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. There's not really a grid to it. Nope. It's all windy, curvy roads and cul-de-sacs and the whole thing seems designed to trap you in there it's, somehow. it's a very much you can't get there from here and there's an old story like way back in pioneer days that they'd send anybody sick just out into the terrace hill and just to wander off and die somewhere jesus <laughs> that's the old folklore of it and so there's this sense that there's just all these ghosts about the place yeah my grandmother's basement just had that kind of feeling i don't know it could have been emf too because these were older homes they might not have been you know built to modern code Mm. and there just might have been like 
electromagnetic radiation just bombarding us. But any time we, and it'd be often that all the family would get together, go to grandma's, mm-hmm. and all the kids go into the basement to go play, and it was just eerie. Just this eerie, oppressive feeling that I just couldn't wait to get back home, you know? Just suffocating sensation. Very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. Especially some of the bedrooms. I think once we got stuck in one of the bedrooms because the handle didn't work very well. And so they actually had to get a screwdriver and remove the lock to get us out again. That's terrifying. Yeah. So that's right out of a horror movie. Getting stuck in a bedroom that had a very unpleasant sensation to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just eerie. I think there's even kind of a mildewy thing. I don't know. There might have been even mold and that might mess with your head a little bit. You're yeah. breathing in spores or whatever. So that can fuck you up. Sure can. Yeah, so that was on a pretty busy road to it. So it's not like this remote building out in the boonies somewhere. It was right there on... It was the one that goes to the hill that kind of turns down by Shopco and those gas stations. and. That's 300 West. 300, yeah, it's 300. Yeah, that's 30th or whatever you want to call it. 300 West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's frightening thinking back on those memories. Oof. Just did not like it down there. And I'd have to be there often. It was just dreadful every time. Basements in general seem to just have creepy feelings. Yeah. And I I feel like it may be a lot of the time EMF. Yeah, I think so too. And also just temperature changes and some unfinished basements. Mm-hmm. That just You're looking at bare beams and whatever. And just yeah. hanging light bulbs that are naked. It's just a bad look. My grandmother managed an apartment building for many years. I remember that she lived somewhere else before that. There was a place that we lived that I only have the vaguest memories of because I was really young. Yeah. Like really young, like preschool young. And it was somewhere on I Street. It did have this master bedroom that had, it it had two steps down into it. Hmm. And it was a really big room and it had these glass doors at the top of these two steps that opened out into a living room. Wow. There's this apartment building. It still exists. It's on, it's 326 East South Temple in Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. And it is directly across from the Cathedral of the Madeline. Originally, it was called the Barbara Worth Apartments. Why? I don't know. Because Barbara Worth uh, lived there? I don't know. It technically had four floors. It had the basement level, main level, second level, third level, so technically four levels. It also had a basement, which had a washroom, and this sort of storage room. That was for management. Filling dread. And then there was the boiler room. The basement was fucked up. Yeah, I'm already getting that impression just imagining it. The boiler room especially was fucked up. I just remember it being dark and long and wrong. I can't even fully describe it because I think I've just wiped it out of my memory. You know, I wasn't allowed to go in there, really. Yeah. But there were times that I was like inside the door, like my grandpa had to go in there for some reason or whatever. And of course it was hot in there because it's the boiler room. Yeah, it's the boiler room, yeah. But it just seemed like it went on far too long, like into the darkness long. Well, you can see how Freddy Krueger would be associated with the boiler room because it's a freaky, freaky place. Yeah, well this is before Freddy Krueger was an apple in anyone's eye. They pre-existed Freddy Mm Krueger so you could see why you know if you're going to create a scary story and introduce a new monster Mm -hmm. attaching them to a boiler room 
make sense. And I understand now as an adult that, of course, the boiler room was really long Mm -hmm. because it was all the pipes. Yeah. They carried, you know, the warm air for the heating system, which is why it was hot in there. But all I can remember is just this long room. There were lights at the beginning of it, and then it just went into darkness. And it terrified me. It's creepy. It's like a hole. If I'm walking around a town or something and I run across a nice narrow alleyway, I'll take a picture of it and put it on you know, Instagram. Yeah, I've seen those. Because they're creepy. Like that school where Aaron was having that, that play he did. You mm, know? Mm-hmm. And there's the stairwell down to a basement level. And it was so dark that the stairs just disappeared into darkness. Yeah, that's Ogden High. Yeah. So I took a photo of that might share that that was creepy as fuck super creepy that whole basement like the basement level itself Mm -hmm. and it did have apartments down there i just didn't like it yeah well basements there was also another room well it wasn't really a storeroom because there was a bathroom and a kitchen built in there it wasn't big enough to be an apartment it was just kind of an ante room we got to play down there a lot but there were no windows that was creepy yeah I sometimes had nightmares that took place in that room when I was a kid. And even as an adult, there have been times where I've dreamed about that room, not necessarily in a bad way, but more like in a frustration dream way. Yeah, I get those regarding um, school still. I get those about former jobs. It's no longer school. Yeah. Well, actually every once in a while at school, but it's college. It's not high school. I hate the job ones so much because it's always... Why am I back at this job? And I was supposed to have started a week ago. And I was also supposed to have started at this time today. And I'm late. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to call and let them know I'm late. And I can't dial the number. It's a dream of frustration. You know what else scares me? Needles. Needles? Yeah, I got my flu shot. I have to get mine tomorrow. You're not looking forward to it? I'm really not. Usually when I explain to someone that I do not react like a normal person Mm -hmm. to getting a shot, They're very nice and very understanding, and they probably think I'm faking it a little until they, you know, come near me with that shrink. Yeah. And that's why I have a scar on my head, Mm. because I would not let them put stitches in me, because I knew that that would involve deadening the area, and there was no fucking way that someone was going to get within an inch of my eye with a needle, because it's over my left eyebrow. I still have the Band-Aid that they put on me after my flu shot. Oh, yeah, you said that was a really good band. It's super good because I took a bath and that thing stayed on. Wow. And it's still on there. Do you think we've talked about enough scary things? I think so. I think what to just briefly talk about just isolated places. Oh, yeah. Or when you're somewhere that's normally very busy and isn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you with your dad at the church while he's doing custodial stuff. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's creepy as hell. Speaking of Aaron and Ogden High, is it was late that he was having this play. And when you're in a school and there's nobody else around, it's freaky. A lot of my friends did custodial duties at high school for a little extra cash. And I'd hang out with them every once in a while because, you know, we'd go do something afterwards. They just needed to do the work first. And so I just keep company with them as they went about their business, you know, going into bathrooms and plunging whatever. <laughs> and just being alone in an empty high school is nuts because just every little sound just echoes and carries forever. And you can hear your footsteps 
like just in this little basement area next to the gym where you know there's no carpet and yeah you just hear your feet reverberate forever and just long hallways with nobody in them <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just creepy as hell because schools can be kind of creepy anyway but when there's nobody around same with churches you uh, expect people to be there and when there's not it is freaky even when it's daylight even worse when it's night it's so bad yeah, at, night. at night yeah when we're after aaron's play i went to go take some photos and stuff of like stairwells with nobody in them at night at a high school just because it's a creepy image but yeah it's a weird sensation and that school is so art nouveau mm-hmm. it's just eerie it's like something out of the shining it is very much it's a creepy looking building. it's a creepy school yeah because our school was just carpeted halls and very functional just a big brick building with the math classes in an annex building for some reason ever tell you about the girls that walked in with sports equipment while i was changing for gym class yes you did that was funny as hell so i just turned and looked at them and they were like looking at me like oh my goodness i'm like just shrugged and pulled my shorts up whatever (laughs) i'm like i'm supposed to be here i don't know what you guys are doing (laughs) just kind of shrugged like "Eh, whatever So, yeah, I think we've talked enough about scary stuff, and I uh, might put a warning mm-hmm. before this podcast. A trigger just to warning, yeah. Let people know that we're going to discuss some heavy stuff. Uh, yeah, anyhow, that's it for our discussion of scary stuff, and we have shout outs left, so. Hey! hey! My shout out is to Juan Espinosa. He is the guy behind the musical project Selmod. Possibly the best intelligent dance music you're likely to hear. He's a EDM DJ and artist, and I've recently picked up his latest album called The Dissident. Very cool stuff. It was giving me chills. The yeah, music I was know. so good. I was in the room when you started listening to it. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> There's just moments like, oh. yeah, and his sampling's really on point. It's not as much straightforward vocals as you got on Adevolve, but nevertheless, for you know instrumental pieces, they're really great bits of music. And I basically picked it up because it was our wedding anniversary recently. Yes, it was. And he uh, wished us a happy anniversary, and I hadn't spoken with him for some time. He's like, oh, I saw that you have this new album out. I went ahead and bought it. And he's like... Why aren't you on our mailing list? And I'm like, I don't care. It's good music. I'm happy to pay for it. <laughs> this is only seven bucks and it's really great. And it was like kept going and going. It's like, wow, there's still other songs on this? Jeez. Yeah, it was well I, worth the money. Yeah, I think it was only nine songs long, but it seemed like to take forever to play through them. In fact, I should. Oh, this is something I figured out about Apple Music and my frustration with it. Mm hmm is there's under view this thing called show filter field. It brings up the old classic iTunes search function. Boo-hoo. Which I don't know why they got rid of in the first place. I wish you could make it permanent because it's the best way to search through your library. I hate their all-function search thing. It's horrible. Well, I hate so far what Apple did to Apple Podcasts after updating to ios 14 on my phone but yeah there's nine tracks yeah and it's only 42 minutes long but it seemed to 
go on for a while. Well, that's average album length. Yeah. Uh, my shout out is to at Thrifty Trekkie on Twitter. Thrifty Trekkie is a person that I heard on our friend Chris's podcast, There Are Four Questions. Right. Where he interviews Star Trek fans, creators, etc. He fucking got Jeff Russo, yeah. who composes the music for Discovery and Star Trek Picard. And he got David Mack, who's written a lot of Star Trek books. And just like, I wow. And he had Thrifty Trekkie on. Uh, who goes by the name of Kellen on Twitter. And they were magnificent. I just really appreciated speaking about how they got into cosplay and also, you know, why they call themselves Thrifty Trekkie because they literally build their cosplay out of thrift clothing. Nice. And, of course, they are a much smaller person than I am, so <laughs> they can do stuff like that. Yeah. But they are, they have a very good Kira outfit. Oh, nice. Like, really good. They are really into Trill. They have a Jadzia Dax the cosplay as well. In fact, they have made symbionts to represent all the symbionts known. They've made stuffed versions of them, and each one comes with the certificate of authentication of which symbiont it represents. Oh, awesome. <laughs> it's just really great. Yeah. And they also write, like, their own fan fiction, but not in, like, a creepy way. Oh, it's not like slash fic. It's just no. straight up fanfic. And where they're just basically writing a spec script, but in mm-hmm. kind of novella form. And they are really good at baking. Baking. Boy, talent all over the place. So talented. And really just also a very compassionate person mm-hmm. as well. I just adore them. You notice that a lot with quite a few Star Trek folks is they're very compassionate, very progressive individuals. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, they have a great Garrick cosplay. Sweet. They're very cool. I enjoy following them. And I enjoy watching them construct uh, costumes out of thrift items. Thrifty Trekkie? Uh-huh. I might have to follow as well. Yep. I enjoy them. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, after this will be the Halloween music special. I put up a poll on Twitter suggesting the possibility that I might, if you want, do a 31-track playlist because it's 2020 and it's a bit of shit year. Mm-hmm. And since there's not going to be much trick-or-treating or partying or any other Halloween-y things for a lot of folks, I mean, for us, it's Halloween all year long. but mm-hmm. Always in yeah, our hearts. I was thinking of doing 31 songs, or I could stick to 10, depending on what you'd rather. And so far, seems like... 31 songs is up by quite a margin. I voted for it. So I (laughs) might do that and present you a longer set list. Sweet. That will be coming, I guess, next week because it will be nice to get it out earlier if it's going to be that big of a thing. And that way it can be around longer before actual Halloween rather than, you know, just a week before. It could be like two weeks before. Indeed. So... I look forward to that, and uh, I hope we didn't disturb you too much with our stories and the things that scare us. We certainly disturbed ourselves. Yeah, you should have seen our faces when we were talking to each other. This look of dread when she's talking about 
that basement of that apartment building roof and me talking about that alley that she now remembers and mm, no i am i vaguely remember it yeah i mean i can't visualize it but i remember i couldn't wait to be out of it yeah with those uh cement walls with the chain link fence yep. up on mm, top of it nope nope yep. nope 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 because yeah they're basically in people's backyards and it's just weird there's it's like somebody's backyard I, I understand that it's a public space, but there's something that should be private about it, too. Mm-hmm. And just the thought that you can walk down this alley and just be walking through people's private lives. Because it's just their backyards exposed to this this alley that's in between them all. Yeah, no. It's creepy. No, no. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a sign that says no motor vehicles, too, that's posted. So you're not supposed to, like, drive motorcycles or anything through there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right anyhow we'll be back with the uh, right now monster halloween music special because i don't know how many more votes we're gonna get in about a week but we'll, see. we'll see all right bye happy haunting you have been listening to the dark corner podcast on darkcornerpodcast.com i am at dark corner cast on twitter brandy is brandywine12 Brandy with an I. We have both a Facebook page and group to join, both titled The Dark Corner Podcast. Contact us via darkcornerpodcast.com or email me at thedarkcornerpod at gmail.com. The dark track of the episode was offered for free or has been submitted by the artist or artist's representative. Other music is used for illustrative purposes and no infringement of copyright is intended. The opening song is Our Promise, the 2020 version by Studio X versus Simon Carter. The closing track is Goodbye by Nina Mee. Want more of Brandy? You can see her on The Unready Room with Dan Gunther talking about the latest episode of Star Trek over YouTube on Kurtz Rats Productions, that is Star Trek Backwards, each Friday night at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. You can also see her on the Outpost 13 Twitch channel each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific, recording the general Star Trek discussion show, Infinite Trek, with her co-host, Aaron Harvey. Infinite Trek is later released as an audio podcast. You can also hear her talk more Trek on the Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast, as well as Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast. You can hear Brandy and me with our friend Chris on the What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast on Sweet Media. Brandy also hosts her own solo podcast, Headcanon, right here on the darkcornerpodcast.com network. Our gratitude goes to Mr. Tom Elliott of the Twilight Zone podcast for kindly hosting our site, and thank you for listening, and take care out there. Dark Corner.